0: Welcome to the Parashah and Halacha audio series, a presentation of contemporary halachic topics as they relate to the Parashah Tashavua. The Sephardic Halakha Center is committed to advancing the research and application of halacha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halakha consultation, monetary bedin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha journal, and for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email us at info at The following is an introduction from Harav Shemuel Pinchasi Shlita, the Nasi of the Sephardic Halacha Center, followed by a loose
1: translation of his remarks. Oh, <laughs> אני חייב לומר במילים ספורות שגדולה תלמוד שביאה לידי מעשה. ורבותינו ראו את נושא ההלכה עד כמה זה חשוב. עד שאומרים שחדי קודש הבריחו לעסוק לשמת את העלים הדעים חטא. חזל אומרים, אוהב השם שערי ציון מכל משכנות יעקב. אוהב השם שערים המצויינים בהלכה יותר מכל בתי כנסיות ובתי מדרשות. כמה זה חשוב בתי כנסת, כמה זה חשוב בתמידרשות. אין ספק שכל מילה בתורה יש בזה טילי טילין של שכר בעולם הזה, בעולם הבא, אבל אין מעלה כגודל לימוד התורה בביוחד כשבגיעה הלכה למעשה. עד כדי כך שחזל אומרים שמאז שחרה בית המקדש לא זזה השכינה מכותל המערבי, אבל רבותינו אומרים שאין לו לקדוש ברוך אלא דלת עמות של ההלכה. כלומר, יש שני דברים. יש כותל המערבי, יש בית המקדש של שלצהרנו, עדיין אנחנו מתאבים ושואבים, שואבים לקיים את הלקים שכינה מאפה, אבל אין לו לקדוש ברוך הוא, אלא דלת עמות של ההלכה. זו מעלת ההלכה. והחתם סופר מסביר ואומר, יש שניים שהקדוש הוא בוכה עליהם. אחד שיכול ללמוד, והוא לא לומד. והשני, שהוא לא יכול ללמוד ולומד, שואל החתב סופר, שאלה היא דועה ומפורסמת, בישלם אדם שיכול ללמוד ולא לומד. אז הקב' הוא בוכה עליו, כי חבל על דיו דין, עוד כישרון, עוד כוח, אבל למה הקב' הוא בוכה על מי שלא יכול ללמוד ולומד? אומר החתב סופר פילי פלאות, אומר, הוא לא יכול ללמוד פלפול, והוא לומד פלפול, והוא יכול להיות גדול בהלכה. היה יכול להיות במושגים של ההלכה, משיך שמעט תליבדי הלכת, ויכול לדרגות של ללבד ההלכה. אבל הוא לא לומד הלכה, הוא לומד דבר אחר. ועל זה הקדוש הוכר הוא כואב, ועל הוא בוחה, חבל מאוד, שהוא בדברים אחרים, שהם אולי באמת חשובים, אבל אין להם תועלת כל כך. כמו זה שיכול... להגיע לידי הלכה, לליבון ההלכה. ולכן אני אומר, אשריכם ואשר חלקכם, שאתם עוסקים בלימוד ההלכה, במיוחד הרבנים הגאונים, שהם באמת תורמים מזמנם, ממרצם, מעונם ועונם, עונם ועונם, שברוך השם באים ועושים מלאכת קודש, ללמוד וללמד הלכה הצרופה, הלכה ברורה. אני מאחל לכולם שידייכם לגאון ולתפרד, (laughs) and to speak in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Amen.
0: Rav Shmuel Benchasi says the following. With the permission of my brothers and friends, I just want to say a few words about the greatness of Talmud Torah, which leads to action. Hachamim extol the virtue of limud halakha so much that they state that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has special pleasure in the study of Torah for the purpose of knowing the correct halakha. Hazal say on the pasuk, Ohev Hashem Shaaret Mikol Mishkenot Yaakov, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves the study halls of halakha more than any other Batei and bate Midrash. There is no doubt that every word of Torah merits a tremendous amount of reward in Olam and Olam Aba. But there is no greater virtue than the study of Torah halakha lemaseh. The rabbis say that since the destruction of the Bet HaMikdash, the Shekhinah has not left the Kotel Ma'aravi. On the other hand, the rabbis also say that after the destruction, HaKadosh Baruch Hu only has in his world the four amot of halakha. Chachamim are comparing, are yearning for the rebuilding of the Bet HaMikdash and restoring the glory of the Shekhinah to the tremendous ma'ala of studying halakha. The Hatam Sofer explains that the Gemara says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu cries over two types of people, one who can learn and does not learn, and one who cannot learn and learns. The question is obvious. It is clearly unfortunate that one who can learn and does not learn. The question is obvious. Clearly it is unfortunate that one can learn and does not learn. What a waste of potential and kohot. However, what is wrong with one who cannot learn and nevertheless pushes himself to learn? The Hatam Sofer answers that the Gemara is referring to one who cannot learn on the deep level of Pilpul and nevertheless attempts to do so at the expense of knowing Halakha. This, so to speak, pains HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that although this person is obviously learning important things, still he is neglecting the important study of Halakha. Therefore, I commend those who study halacha, especially the very knowledgeable rabbis of the Sephardic Halacha Center, who invest time, effort, and money in clarifying and arriving at the proper, proper halachic conclusion and teaching them to the tzibur. I bless them to continue with this Melechat HaKodesh, and may they merit to see much success in this great endeavor. Lehagdil Torah Adira Amen. The following Shi'ur is presented by Dayan Shlomo Cohen, Dayan in Beddin din Ahavat Shalom in Yerushalayim, an author of Pure Money. For more shiurim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742.
2: Hello everybody, this is uh, Rabbi Shlomo Cohen with the shiur on parashat Shemot. In this week's parasha, this week's parasha is a very, very important parasha. There's so many basic things as far as our faith and trust in Hashem is concerned, the story of the building of the people of Israel, of the Jewish people. But there's an interesting thing in the parasha that needs explaining. And that is the whole thing of witchcraft, magic, wizardry. We see that when Moshe Rabbeinu went to Paro, he did, dare I call them magical tricks, in order to prove to, to Pharaoh, to Paro, that he was really sent by Hashem. Paro brought out his magicians, his wizards, and they also showed off their magic. And it seems from the simple understanding of the Pasha that Moshe proved to them that his magic in inverted commas was stronger and more powerful than theirs. When they, when he produced a snake from his stick and they also produced stakes, snakes from their sticks. So the stick of Moshe ate the stick of the, of the Egyptian wizards. Proving that he was stronger and more powerful than them. What is this whole thing of wizardry and witchcraft? Is it real? Is it something that we need to be worried about and afraid of and careful about? What's the Jewish outlook on doing these things? We hear all sorts of things of all sorts of sorcerers and witches that can do all sorts of strange things. Is that real, or is it all just what we call bobamices, (laughs) right? Just little stories that they're not really true. But here, the Torah is telling us about these bobamices, about these stories, about the about about witchcraft. So, what's going on here? There's a famous argument between the Rambam and the Ramban about the whole thing of witchcraft. We know that there's a commandment in the Torah, one of the tariag Mitzvot, one of the 613 Mitzvot, that we should not be following the ways of witches, of magic, and that comes down in the Shulchan Aruch, as a a siman in the Shulchan Aruch, in Irodea, that we're not allowed to get involved in witchcraft. We're not allowed to get involved in fortune-telling, in speaking to mediums. All these things are things that we are supposed to keep away from. But is that because they don't work? Is that because it's a load of rubbish? Or it does work, but we should be keeping away from it. We shouldn't be getting involved in it we should be, as the Pasuk says, tamim to you in Hashem el-okecha, That we should be going with Hashem But Betmimut means simply by trusting in Hashem and not trying to be cleverer than Him and arrange things so that things are going to happen in the future or to take account today of things that we hear from fortune tellers that are going to be happening in the future. Because someone read our tea leaves, we found a gypsy who could read our tea leaves. I'm not, you know, some of these things, when you hear what they say, they really are incredible. People do do palm reading, read your face. There's There's plenty of people like that. Is it all a load of rubbish? Or is there something to this? So let's first understand this ancient argument between the Rambam and the Ramban about all this. The Rambam's opinion is, that all these things are a load of rubbish. They don't work. They're things that idol worshippers in the past have invented or created or followed or fooled people with so that people would follow them and go after them. But says the Rambam, it's not fitting that we, the Jewish people, that we are very, very smart people. We're clever people. That we should be fooled by all these things. We should be fooled and tricked into following um, astrologists, palm readers, tea leaf readers. These aren't things that we, the clever Jewish people, should be following. That's the opinion of the Rambam. He doesn't believe in these things. These things aren't true. He speaks the same thing about astrology about people that are following their astrological maps, whether it's to, to to find out their character traits, or whether it's to know whether they should marry a particular person, or whether they should take a particular step in their business life, whether they should make a particular investment. Says the Ramban, it's all a load of rubbish. We Jews, we're clever people. If we want to make, do things like that, if we want to, if we have difficult decisions to make in our life, the way to make those decisions, says the Rambam, is not to turn to witches, to astrologists, to palm readers, to card readers, to tarot card readers, not to turn to them to make decisions as to whether I should open a particular business or not open a particular business, take a particular trip, not take a particular trip. Marry a particular person or not marry a particular person. Go on a particular way or not go on a particular way. That's not the right, the way that a, a smart person makes these decisions. What do we do? What does the Jew do, says the Ramba, when we have these difficult questions that we have to decide, that could we feel will make a big difference to our lives? We use our common sense. We pray to Hashem, of course. We pray to Hashem with dvekut. We pray to Hashem and pray that he will guide us and help us to make the right decisions. And then we sit down with a pen and paper sometimes, by yourself, make calculations, the pros and the cons, and you make your decision and you trust in Hashem. That Hashem is going to guide us, that we will be making the right decisions. We go to rabbis and get brachot from them. We go to the tzaddike ador, the great rabbis of our generation and ask them to give us a blessing. And we ask their advice as well. Certainly we would ask their advice. People who have been immersed in Torah, in Torah learning all their life for many, many years and they're immersed in the Torah. So the opinions, the answers that they'll give us to our questions, the advice that they'll give us is the advice of the Torah. What would the Torah advise us to say, to do in that particular situation? But that's a long, long way from asking an astrologist or a palm reader or someone who talks with spirits, a medium to to tell us what we should do and how should we be acting in different situations and what we should be doing and how we should be investing our money and in who we should be marrying that's a far far cry from that that's the way a Jew should behave says the Ramban. don't pay any attention to these things they're all a load of rubbish the Ramban doesn't agree with the Rambam he says it's not a load of rubbish these things work these things exist. When Baruch Bahu created the world, he created all sorts of, I don't know what to call them, angels, spirits, demons, that are in all sorts of different levels. Above us, of course. And they can change things. They can change nature. They can change, they can change things that are around us. They can cause things to happen. They can know the future. There's a system, says the Ramban, of the stars, that that's how nature works. That these stars in some way, the way that they're arranged is, affects the way things happen in this world. And so, it would, it could be that if you were to understand astrology, you would be able to tell what's going to happen. You would be able to tell what's going to be happening in the future. How are things going to be working out? Is this a good investment to do or not a good investment to do? You would be able to speak to a medium who's going to be speaking to all sorts of higher spirits and giving you an answer. But, and this is the big, big but, we mustn't do it. We don't say it doesn't work. And that's why I'm not doing it. Says the Ramban. We say it does work. It does work. Not everyone knows how to do it. Right. But the people that do know how to do it. There are people that do know how to do it. But we mustn't follow it. Tamim to you. In Meshem Elokecha. Ein Mazal L'Yisrael. Says says the Seich we the jewish people are not guided by the mazal we through advekut to hashem we are above mazal. nothing none of these things can affect us and none of these things can harm us if we are going in the way of hashem if i have a business deal to do and i'm thinking well you know let me ask the stars is this a good deal to do or not a good deal to do? Like that's the wrong way to do things. That's the wrong way to do things, says the Ramban. We should go ahead. We make our decision and go ahead and do what we need to do and pray to Hashem that we will succeed. And through our prayer, even if the stars say that we're not going to succeed, you'll succeed if we stick to hashem and we pray to hashem and we trust in hashem we are above everything nothing can harm us right that's what the pasuk says That hashem will take us al kanfen shirim on the he'll carry us like um on the wings of an eagle right an eagle when he's carrying his young he carries them on him above him on his wings he's and he's protecting them from everything else. Nothing can harm them. That's exactly what the Jewish people are like. Nothing can harm us. We're in the hands of Hashem, says the Ramban. The majority of poskim all agree with the Ramban. Right? The majority of poskim in our time do agree with the Ramban. These things are real. Not that everyone knows how to deal with them, right? But these things are real. And the thing is that we as Jews are not supposed to get involved in them. Because we are above it. And what it says doesn't make any difference to us. We can change everything. That's the power of the Jewish people. That we are straight under Hashem. There's no angels above us. There's no There's no powers above us between us and Hashem. Our words go straight to Hashem. Hashem hears our prayers and Hashem answers our prayers. So it's not right for us to look at astrological maps, for us to make decisions about our futures by talking to fortune tellers or gypsies that are reading our tea leaves. Because for us, it doesn't work. We are a separate thing. We are above all these things. They can't affect us. Ein mazal li Israel. In Sefer Bereshit, right, we see a wonderful thing, a strange thing. When Eliezer, the slave of Abraham, he was sent to look for a wife for Yitzchak, and he made a sign. He said, "Um." I'm going to go. He prayed to Hashem that when I go to this place, I'm going to uh, g- going to uh, going going to travel with my camels, and when I stop at the well, if the first girl that comes along and says that she's going to water me and also water my camels, she's the one that Hashem chose. What is this? Is that something that we are allowed to do to make signs like that? Ask Hashem to show us a sign. Right, If I'm going on a Shidduch, right. so if the Chatan turns up with a red, white and blue striped tie and orders me a glass of orange juice, then that's the guy for me. Are we supposed to are We allowed to do things like that, to ask for signs from Hashem? Is that the same thing? Here too, we meet the, the machlokas between the Rambam and the right, and and uh, here it's the Rambam and the Ravad. The Rambam says that what Eliezer did was wrong. We can't do things like that. That's what's called nichush, that's guessing and telling ahead, telling the future, and that's what we don't do. Things like that, says the Rambam, and in fact he says, look at the pasuk. But Eliezer himself also didn't trust that sign. Eliezer, we see there's two actually contradicting pasukim. One, pasuk, one, one place the pasuk says that Eliezer, when he when she when Rivka did these things, followed came, completed the signs, he gave straight away gave her the nadunya that he had, the jewelry that he had. And then in another pasuk later on it says that he didn't, that he first asked her where she's from. And only afterwards, when he found out that she was from, she was Levan's daughter, only then did he give it. Not that he was, she was from the family that he was looking for, not from Levan's daughter. He was the family she was looking, he was looking for. Only then did he give her the jewellery. So you see, says the Rambam, he himself didn't rely on the sign. David says, no. He says, what Eliezer did, we're allowed to do. That's okay. To make a sign you're trusting in Hashem. Making a sign is trusting in Hashem. It's not something that would be ossa to do. And the Ramah in Yerodeah. Brings down the two different opinions. The Bet Yosef. Also brings down those. Mentions those opinions. He doesn't bring them and mention them in the Shulchan Aruch. But he mentions them in the Bet Yosef. And he says that even according to the Raavad. Who says that these things do work. That's talking about nichush, right? Making a sign for yourself that Hashem should show you what the right way is. That, even though that's allowed, as we see that Eliezer did it, but nevertheless it's something that should be refrained from because of the rule of tamim to you in Hashem Elokecha, that we're supposed to go with tamimut with Hashem. The Dagur Mervava on... Um, in the Shulchan Aruch, he writes that there's one thing that is allowed, and that's he says to open a chumash when you have a question. You're allowed to open a chumash and get the answer. That seems to be allowed. Like right? the problem is interpreting the answer. We all—that's the problem. You're supposed to look at the 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 pasuk, or the word that comes on the top right-hand corner of the page when you open it and then look around. But it's difficult to interpret these things because you have to have a complete understanding of the the pasuk, of the depth of it to understand whether it's telling you yes or no. Interpreting these things is very, very difficult, so you need to be very, very careful about them and not rely on them a 100%. Um recently I heard a story of someone who did this, they wanted to, they had, a, they had a shidduch and they weren't sure whether to go ahead with the shidduch or not to go ahead with the shidduch. So they opened a chumash and it came out, the top right hand corner, the word leah. Leah. Lamed aleph, hey, leah. So they thought at first that it's saying, Lamed aleph, lo no that the answer is no don't go for the shidduch and then i said to them well maybe it's not maybe it's saying leah that leah did marry yaakov she was a wife of his and she was a very successful wife they had many many children the basis of the whole jewish people the 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 the, the, the crux of the, the 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 majority of the jewish people came from leah right so uh It wasn't necessarily the best wife that Yaakov had, but it was a wife for Yaakov. So maybe the answer was yes and not low. Right? Who can tell? Who can know? So you can see a simple question like that and you've no idea what the answer is. Right? So where are you? Where are you left in the end? You have to make your decision and pray to Hashem that Hashem's going to give you the right answer. Like I said, this halakha when it's brought down, even though the Ravad says that you can to make signs like that, nevertheless, he says, Tamim to you, Im Hashem Elokecha. But it's still best to just rely on Hashem and not rely on these signs to find out what to do and to know how to act in different situations. The Chazanish also mentions these things in his Emun B'Tachon. That a person can. He suggests, I've heard in his name, I'm not sure if it's written or not, and by Roshi Shiva was a Talmud of his, Ravi Yisroch that that um, if someone's learnt for a three hours straight, and he then wants to open a chumash and get an answer to a question, that that's the way to do it. But of course, like I said, you have to be very careful with these things, And the best thing is to be tamim with Hashem in all things. I want to add some more, some more things about the people that speak to spirits, mediums. Right, like I said, the Shulchan Aruch clearly prohibits for us to do. But there seem to be plenty of people that are doing these things, and some of them are Jewish, and they even have—they even seem to be rabbis. Is that something that you can rely on? Is that something that we can do? I want to tell you, I'm not mentioning, we don't want to mention any names, but let's just try and understand that I heard from, you know, there was a great Kabbalist once who used to speak to spirits. And there's even books written about his discussions with the spirits. I heard from another Kabbalist of his time that all the Kabbalists around this guy, this other nekubal. We're making fun of him and joking to him. What are you talking to these spirits for? These are spirits that are in Kafakela. A spirit that's in the, in isn't going to come and talk to you. He's too busy doing great other things, having a great time in Ganeden. You think he's going to leave all that to come down to this earth and, have a, and tell you things and talk to you about things. No way. So who's coming and talking to you? That's all the spirits that are in Kafakela the spirits that haven't gone to Gan Eden, the spirits that are in limbo because they didn't even deserve to get into Ginom, And they're wandering about and flying around in this world. These are the spirits that are coming and talking to you, they used to say to him. And they're all liars. You can't trust anything they're saying. So, you know, even if you do find these people that are talking to Spirits and getting answers to all sorts of questions. We need to know who says that it's true. Who says that it's the best thing for us to do. Because these aren't necessarily spirits who care very much whether we're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. And do they care what happens to us? And maybe they're just having fun with us. Let's tell this guy to go and do like this. Ha ha ha. It's going to be a big joke. How can you know who to rely on? How can you know that you can rely on these things? How can you know that they're not lying? And I'm saying this because this is something that I heard from Kabbalists that people used to the other Kabbalists used to joke to this <laughs> Kabbalist about who he's talking to and what people and who is who who he's hearing getting messages from. Anyway, these are things we don't understand, it's not worth getting involved in them. As we said, as the Ramah says, Tamim to you yamashem So as far as the halacha is concerned. Most post-Kim agree with the Ramban that yes, these things do work. These things can work. There is something to them. But nevertheless, we should be, we should always trust in Hashem and understand that He's the one that can sort everything out. Nothing can damage us, nothing can harm us if Hashem doesn't want it to. And we must trust in Hashem that He's always going to look out for us and He's looking out for our best interests. That's what we call Ashkechah Pratit. That Hashem is looking after each one of us and making sure, protecting us and helping us in everything we do and everything that happens to us is for the best. And again, when you have a difficult decision to make we go to our great rabbis we ask them for a bracha. We ask them for their advice. As people that have immersed themselves in Torah learning. They can give us good straight advice. They can help us to think straight. And we pray to Hashem. And we can pray to our tzaddikim. The ones that have passed away too. That they should help our message to get through to Hashem. Those are things that we Jews do. But to go to mediums. And to astrologists. Those, and those, those, and, and, you know, witches and gypsies, those things aren't for us because of Tamim Tiyun, Hashem Elokecha. I just want to finish off to say a little bit about dreams. Dreams are another thing that fall into this category and there's a lot of confusion about them. Actually, if you look through Humash Breshit, which we've just finished reading, how many dreams are there in there? How many different things about dreams? The dream, the dreams of Avraham Avinu, the dreams of Yaakov, of of Yitzchak Sulama with a a bladder, and and the dreams of uh, Yaakov, and uh, Yosef, with his dreams, and the dreams of Paro, and the dreams of the, the, what's it called, the the Sarah Mashkim, and the Sarah Ophin, the whole Brishit is full of dreams, so is dream something that we can rely on? We've heard so much about Shelat Chalom that people used to ask questions and put a parchment underneath their pillow, and then the next morning, and then they would have a dream at night that would answer their questions. What is the Torah's way of looking at dreams? What do we look? What are, what are dreams telling us? A type of truth? It's interesting if you look in the Shulchan Aruch in Choshen Mishpat. The Shulchan Aruch Bez, the, the it's based on the Gemara and Baba Metzia, gives a story like this. There was a guy who had received a deposit from another Jew. He was asked to look after a sum of money. And he buried it in a certain place and he passed away. The owner of this deposit came to his children and they said, listen, I want my money back. I don't know where your father buried it, but I gave him Thousands of dollars to look after. I want the money back. The children said, we've never heard of such a thing. We don't know anything about this. That night, the father came to one of the children in a dream, says the Gemara. And he said to him, my son, this guy's saying the truth. He gave me a deposit of a few thousand dollars. I put it in a box and I buried it. In a particular place. And he explained to him exactly where he buried it. The next morning the guy woke up. And he went over there. And he dug exactly where the father had told him. And he found the box. And inside the box was exactly the sum of money. That the father said. That was supposed to be there in the dream. The question is now. Do they have to give it back to this guy? Or can they keep it for themselves? What do you think? This dream seems to be like it's really the truth. It's been coming true. It's It seems like a straight disc, a straight talking to the dead. Everything's true. Nevertheless, listen carefully to what I'm saying. The Shulchan Aruch Paskins that they don't have to give it back to the Father. The pasak of Marana Shulchan Aruch, is they don't have to give it back to, not the Father, to this guy that's claiming it. Why? Why? Everything seems to have come true in this dream. Because, even though it seems like 90% of this dream is true, maybe the last little bit, when it says that it belongs to this other guy and it's a deposit, maybe that's not true. Because in every dream there can be true things and not true things. And so maybe that little piece of information that the money is... This is that guy who says it is, who, who says that he gave that money to be deposited. Maybe that bit's not true. And therefore you're not obligated to give it back to him. You can give it back to him if you want to. But you're not obligated to do that. You're not a thief if you don't do that. What a fantastic halocha, right? Dreams can be true, but they can also include a load of rubbish. You can't decide and make decisions on what part of it is true and what part of it is not true. Okay, That means dreams can say a load of rubbish. You can't trust what a dream says. Even in a case like that where the dream seems 90% true. But maybe just that little last bit of information. That the money was deposited by this guy. Maybe that's not true. And so therefore you don't have to give it back to him on the basis of the dream. Just to finish off, I'll tell you a little anecdote that I once had a... Had a a, 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 there was a differences of opinion here in my neighbourhood, and someone from the other side came over to me after um, after doubling on Friday night, and he says, Shlomo, I want to tell you, I had a dream last night. My father came to me in the dream, and he said, Son, Shlomo Cohen is a good person. I said to him, dreams are a load of rubbish, you can't trust them. And we both laughed. Of course it was true dream, right? I'm, of course I'm a good guy. Anyway, with that, let's leave it for this shiur. Um, have a Shabbat Shalom everybody.
0: This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halacha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halachic consultation, monetary bet services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info@ at theshc.org to subscribe.